So welcome into the Week 11 Backroads Podcast. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. I'm Bobby Brown, Texas 1A fan. So much to get to, Bobby, in this week's episode. Playoffs right around the corner now as we've got the regular season uh, out of the way. Hard to believe it's already we're into the playoffs. It just seemed like we just were in non-conference or non-district schedules last week. But we're already there. Lots of really good games that went on a Friday night. And then, man, are there some massive matchups coming up this next week. We had state band going on, state cross country, where some girl from Spring Lake Earth is, she's kind of good. Yeah, she she tore it up, I'm telling you. <laughs> but before we get there, we want to start with our interview, and we're going to bring in a uh, the head coach for the Abbott Panthers, Coach Terry Crawford. Coach, welcome in. Thanks. Glad to be here. So we talk about the Abbott Panthers. You guys now 10-0. If I've got this right, you're now 210 and 73. Does that sound correct? Uh, yeah, it's probably correct. I can I can confirm the 210 only because I know when the 200 came, and that was the first playoff game of last year. So, yes, the 210 is correct. That's awesome. And is this your 24th or 25th season at Abbott as the this head is coach? My 24th as the head coach in Abbott. And you've been there now 30 30 years. Is that correct? It's, this is year 30 that I've been at the school. Yeah, I went through uh, two years as an assistant, and then we went up to 11, man, for four years, and it was a pretty long four years. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize the number used to be 82, and we turned in 82.5. Oh. We went up for four years, uh, and we went 3 and 36 in four years. One year we only played nine games. That was a good year. <laughs> Wow. So the first question I got, before we get to your Panthers, who look like they are one of the favorites out of Region 3, I want to talk about what brought you to Abbott, because you're a graduate of Plano East. So you go from one of the biggest schools in the state of Texas to one of the smaller schools. Tell us about that transition and what brought you to Abbott. Well, I I graduated from Plano East, and I I finished up Plano East as a baseball player. So I had, like every young athlete, aspirations of being a college baseball player. Really didn't... uh, wasn't on anybody's radar and shouldn't have been on anybody's radar. My best friend in high school was a a catcher who went to Hill college in Hillsboro, Texas. And he said, Hey, why don't you come along with me? And, you know, I was probably that guy that needed to go to junior college because I didn't think education was important until about my junior year in high school. So I went with him to Hill college. And after a year he left, I stayed, I met my wife, uh, my wife is from Abbott, Texas, and the rest is history, right? You go where the <laughs> girls are. And so that's that's uh, where she was. And got uh, we got married when I was in college at Texas A&M, working for Shelby Metcalf and his basketball program. I had aspirations of being a college basketball coach at that time. Came back, spent two years in Hillsboro, spent a year in Bynum, and then I got an opportunity to come in 1992 to, to Abbott. And um, you just get someplace and it feels like home. And, and it was home. It's literally my wife's home, and now I consider it to be mine. Both my kids graduated, went kindergarten through 12th grade in Abbott. And so uh, it's home. It's a great place to be. Um, I love Plano. I love Plano uh, when I left there in 1984, uh, and it's not what I left in 1984. It's a lot bigger now. I've had friends try to get me to come back, but I uh, said, so, you know, I, I don't need the traffic. I only have to stop in Abbott if there's a train crossing the train tracks. So, uh, it's good life. So you talked about it. You did want to be a basketball coach when you first started. What what kept you in football and, and kind of pulled you away from basketball? Uh, you know, it was really, really ironic. Um, 
you know, I had a couple opportunities. Uh, again, I wanted to be a college basketball coach. And so to do that, you usually have to go that rough route, that GA route. And I had an opportunity to be a, a GA for Coach Metcalf when uh, when I was leaving there and graduating. It turned out to be a good deal. He got let go uh, the next year and and uh, uh, had an opportunity to go to work for one of my mentors, Ray Roberts, who was a basketball coach at Hill College. Uh, but I already had a son at the time and I was married. And that gig don't pay too well. And my wife likes to eat. So uh, so we turned that down. Long story short, I'd probably still be a basketball coach in 1998 um, when we finished, when we knew we were making the transition back to six-man football. Our AD and uh, head football coach had left. The principal, superintendent left. Principal came that was coming in to be the superintendent. It was a good friend of mine, Terry Timmons, came to me and said, hey, I want you to consider uh, coaching football. And uh, at that time, I'd already made a decision to get out of football. Uh, I was going to be an assistant uh, junior high volleyball coach because I just couldn't stand the losing. We were three and 36 and we were just outmatched. And so uh, spent a lot of time thinking about it, praying about it, and ended up taking a job in 1998 was our first year uh, back uh, because Mr. Timmons asked me to do it. There you go. So, the rest is history. Yeah, and you talk about you didn't like losing, and that is something that the Panthers have not done a whole lot of since you've been the head coach there. So let's look forward to this year's team, 10-0, and 0, uh, district champions. And when you look at, at, at the Panthers, so many weapons. Because when I, we go through the stats every week and we start talking about who's done what, there's multiple names that come up. Now, you've got some of the same names. Robert Munoz always shows up, uh, King Klaus, Riley Sistala. But talk about your team and some of the guys that really make that team go. You know, it's been a it's been an extremely fun team. Uh, offensively, we've always been labeled, you know, as a Jaybird team. That's all we do. You know, you go back to people said you couldn't win a state championship just running a tight offense, and we did that in 15. And um, that's just what we do. Uh, this year has been a lot of fun because we have so many weapons. We, you know, our best set may be the T set and, uh, people are surprised by that. We have the, the personnel to get into a spread set. We don't call it spread because I break out in hives when I do that, but, uh, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get in the spread set if, if we need to, uh, Robert's just one of those kids that worked hard. You know, interesting story about Robert is his freshman year, he wanted to quit. And we have a policy that you can't quit unless, uh, you know, your parents are notified and, and you're, you're told uh, you won't be let back in the program. And his mom wouldn't let him quit. And I tell him now, you know, she, he ought to be thankful that she never let him quit. She wanted him to finish. And here's a kid that paid his dues, and now he's, you know, he's, he's having a good year. Riley's just a special freshman. Uh, you know, we put him in the backfield. He can do multiple things. He was a little starstruck uh, at the beginning of the season, but – he settled in, you know, we're playing Avalon this, this week. And uh, we went back to week one when we played him and you watch him run versus the way he's running now, you know, that, that kid's got a chance to be something really special. Uh, Kane Klaus, heart and soul of our team, bottom line, got beat up as a freshman. He was in part of that losing streak. You know, uh, we went three years without making the playoffs. Our 24 years, we've only missed it seven times. It's three of them were in a row. Um, and he, he went through that as a freshman, he was getting beat up. And now as a senior, He's getting to do a little bit of that beating up, but he's the heart and soul and passion of our team. Uh, and, and he, he makes us go. Uh, and then, you know, he's got a kid that if he could, he goes out, we have the luxury of putting Kane in the back. Kane is probably our best tailback and he plays guard for us. Uh, we have the luxury to put him back in the backfield, especially in the T set, because we can bring a freshman in uh, Joey 
Pavelka, who doesn't miss a beat. Uh, reminds me a lot of Kane when he was a freshman. Uh, Joey's uh, the youngest brother of the Pavelkas, and his oldest brother won the, the state MVP the year we won state in 15. And uh, just talented athletes. So there's so many, so many pieces. You know, how do you not talk about uh, Carson Johnson, our quarterback, who does a great job leading our offense, but defensively, uh, he's a ball hawk. You know, and and uh, it's just it's a special group defensively. People have asked me, this is the best defense that I've seen in 24 years wow. um, that we've had. Uh, extremely talented defense um, in fly to the ball. Uh, you know, there's going to be at least five guys on tackle. There may be six. Uh, just have a knack uh, for, for playing defense, and it's it's been fun. The numbers those guys have put up have been outstanding. And one player, before we get to my district, I just got to ask. So how are we saying the name? Keaton, how do you say his last name? Pushovsky. Pushovsky. All right. Yeah. Uh, Craig tore that name up. I butchered it. (laughs) You know, the hardcore checks will say Pustachowski. So uh, easy for you to say. Yeah, easy for me to say. It took me a while. You know, one of my first Pushovskis that I had was Dale, who's now the the coach at Buena Vista, uh, played for us. And uh, uh, he used to always sign his name PKY. So we usually just call them PKY. So. <laughs> That's great. So now you got Avalon coming up uh, Friday night, and this is a team that you beat week one, 52-6. How do you talk to your team and say, forget about week one, this is the playoffs, and don't expect things to be the same way twice? You know, that's, that's tough because they are, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, and um, you just know that that's going to come into the – into their minds. You know, we've been talking for a long time. Even when we played, we played everybody in that district that we knew we were going to get in by district. We kept reminding our kids, you know, we played Blum early and just Blum was terrible because they had a lot of kids out. And we knew we'd probably either get Blum or Milford. I mean, Blum or, or Avalon when it started panning out, we just told our kids, hey, forget it. These teams are like us. We weren't as good in week one. They're better. Uh, so, you know, the, the greatest thing about this team is they're extremely mature. Keaton, who you alluded to, is really uh, probably the number one leader on our team. Uh, Plays split in an unsung position, you know, but he does everything as a split in that you want, and he does it hard. You ask him to run a backside route, he's going to run a backside route hard. Uh, defensively, he's he's got a nose for the ball, um, and, and he's a vocal leader. He'll call you out. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're a really mature team. We're really – We've got some freshmen, but but that upper class, that those seniors, they remember when we didn't do things the right way, and when we didn't listen to coaches, and when you know we we went didn't make playoffs three years, not because we weren't talented, uh, it was because we got caught up in that we got Abbott on our chest and we're just going to win, and we forgot the things that you need to do to win. Keaton and his group got us back on that track, and I don't think they're going to let us get off of it. So I think they're going to take care of keeping our kids focused and not getting caught up on what happened last time. And then when you look at Region 3, a lot of people kind of forget about Region 3. It's kind of that lost region, especially in Division 1. But you guys, as I look through it, you guys are some of the favorites coming out of that region, but it's tough. you got St. Joe in there. Blum's playing really well now. Union Hill. Talk about the region and what your Panthers have to do to get through there. Yeah, you know, uh, Region 3 is probably not overall as, as tough as it was. Um, but it, that's not to say it's not competitive. Um, and I think there's some good teams, and you mentioned them. 
Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for us to get through Region 3 is is to take care of us, to worry about us. We can't focus on uh, the other teams. Uh, we got to focus on us. We're, you know, we're, we're good. Uh, how good we are, we don't know yet. We haven't been pushed. Um, and, and, but the, the reality of it is, is that we're a team that if we do what we're capable of doing, it's going to take a really good team to, to beat us. And, and that may happen. St. Joe's talented, one of the best running backs that I've, I've seen in a while. I mean, that, that, that young man can go. Um, Union Hill's not as talented as they were in the past, but they're still a storied program. They know how to win. Blum, um, throw their record completely out. Just throw it out. Um, Cooper Thornhill, who's been on our staff, uh, is a master when it comes time to, to get the playoffs. Um, he's got his team back. He's healthy. Uh, and he's going to find a way to beat you. He's going to He's going to coach his team into a position to beat you. So we just got to stay steadfast, worry about us, make sure that we're, we hold on to the ball when we have it, make sure we take the ball away. We're plus 20 on the year in, in turnover margin, wow. um, and we got to continue to do that. That's how you win in playoffs. Uh, you win with a solid defense. Okay, so something interesting that I saw is several of, of you guys, I assume, flipped home and home. Yes. Is that what happened? That is. Last year we flipped home and home, and, and we won the toss, played at Abbott, so we knew uh, if we met them this year, we we play there. Early on, we, we talked about maybe playing at Italy, which is uh, five miles from uh, Avalon. They were going to declare Italy as their home field. Nice stadium, just put down turf. They love to host six-man games. Uh, and, and then, you know, Saturday, uh, Avalon decided they wanted to play in Avalon, which is their – you know, that, that's their right. That's We played on our home field last year, so we're going to play on theirs. And the same thing happened in the Blum-Coolidge situation. Uh, they flipped and played in, in Blum, and so he they knew if they matched up, they were going to be in Coolidge. Yeah, it looked like you guys and Strawn and Oglesby, I believe, were some others. Yeah. It just surprised me because I know the, the coaches up here where I live, <laughs> they don't <laughs> like to do that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I, I want to put my kids in the best venue possible when it's playoff time. I want to make sure we have a, have a good playing surface. The problem here is is that so many schools around us are making the playoffs that it's hard to find a good neutral by district site. And so that's what we got into last year, um, and, and we just started to flip. You know, it's kind of – I know the, the, the higher classifications, you know, 6A, they, you know, district champions get home field advantage. Um, I, I'm the UIL liaison for the Texas Six-Man Coach Association, and I kind of fought against that because um, there there are, you know, at the 1A level, it's hard to have a, a good field, of, number one, uh, to have a field that's going to hold the amount of fans that you need. Number two, you know, uh, grass fields don't hold up very well at this time of the year. So I'm, I'm against it. Um, last two years, I've been for it because I'm the district champion, but uh, I, I definitely don't want to get – put somebody in a position where they have to go play on a field. That's not a playoff worthy side. So it's unusual Bobby for us, but sometimes you just got to have to do it. Don't never say never. So uh, that's what we're doing. And, and, but the good thing about it is there's a lot of fields that are good around here now, you know, uh, Blum's got a turf field. Uh, we hope to pass a bond in May and start uh, in June on a new turf field and track. Uh, and so there's a lot of good places where maybe if they have, it evolves, we might do the same thing as the, the upper classifications. 
One thing that I forget is that you all are pretty close together where out here we're all spread apart by <laughs> hundreds of miles. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, within a 50 mile radius, I, I can play probably 20 plus six man schools. Oh. That makes it nice when you set up the schedule. You know, I, I complain about having a, an hour and a half bus ride for a game and my, my buddies out West just kind of laugh, you know, uh, most of ours, I mean, I got two schools within eight miles of me on each side. So a 15 minute bus ride is the norm for us. Yeah. We like to drive out here in West Texas. <laughs> it's such pretty scenery. That's what you like. <laughs> oh yeah. That's it. That's it. Especially up here. If you're up here on Lu in Lubbock, you know, we say that you can see your dog run away for three days. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You can get up on that cap rock this time of year. You better have a jacket when the sun goes down too. Uh, yes, we're experiencing that now. <laughs> let's let's pretend a little bit, Coach Crawford, and pretend we we get past Avalon, and then you'll have Union Hill or Newcastle. Have you watched them play very much? Um, I've watched a little bit. The coach on our staff that really pays attention to what's going up up in front of us is is Kyle, my son, who coaches the defense. And he's younger, and he can keep it all separated. <laughs> I don't want to confuse films that I've watched. So, uh, yeah, he's looked ahead, which he keeps me informed. And uh, uh, I know we we have looked at some Newcastle, and we have looked at some Union. Nowadays, you just have to do that. It's not getting ahead. It's just you just got to have a little bit of a plan going forward. And so we have looked at, at both of them. Kids would probably like to get Union Hill. <laughs> Only because we're 20 and one so far right now in the last two years. And that one was Union Hill. Oh, wow. So, um, they beat us in the second round last year. Um, we, we, we haven't been able to get past. They've been our nemesis twice now. And uh, I think our kids would really like another shot at Union Hill. I, I, it, I, don't, I don't care. But to kids, that means a lot. So, as long as you're there, you're happy, right? That's right. That's why right. we keep winning. I'm happy. And. Uh, it's built-in motivation, I guess, if it is Union Hill, because when your kids are internally motivated, that's that's a good thing. We don't have to motivate them. You know, they'll be motivated. And it's not a, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I want to get revenge. It's not a revenge game. Uh, we look at it as a redemption game. You know, they, they did what they were supposed to do. They beat us. Um, we want a little redemption because we didn't feel like we put a good product on the field. And so our kids want to go out and redeem themselves, put a better product on the field. And it you know, if they win, great. If they don't, they know that they, they put a better product on the field than they did in the first, the second round last year. Well, Coach Crawford, we really do appreciate you joining us on a Sunday, taking time out. I know you got uh, by-district action coming up against Avalon, but we do appreciate you joining us. Good luck the rest of the uh, year in the playoffs, and uh, good luck in your pursuit for state championship number two. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Well, Bobby, it was great to have Coach Crawford on. What a, what a really nice guy. Now I know why you say he's one of your favorites. He is. He is. I just love Coach Crawford. He's a great guy. Well, and we spoke about his Panthers ranked number four in Division One. They took out Penelope, the Wolverines, 56 to nothing. He talked about Robert Munoz, a kid who wanted to quit after his freshman year. 66 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Uh, Kane Klaus, 
29-yard touchdown run. He said he was his best spread back, but he puts him on the line. Seven and a half tackles. That's a talented squad that Coach Crawford's got there with the Abbott Panthers. Uh, look at the rest of Division One in the top ten. May, the Tigers all over Lingleville, 54-8. to eight. Uh, Still no reason not to have them ranked number one in the state. Water Valley at number two. Some kid named Cannon Weiss can flat out play. They defeat Paint Rock 47 to nothing. Uh, Weiss had 52 yards rushing on two carries. Both of those went for touchdowns. Uh, he was also 2-2 two two through the air for 82 yards and two touchdowns. And Talon Hayes, 72 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Water Valley in May. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get to that in just a little bit as we start talking about the playoffs. But, man, you just can't help but chomp at the bit thinking about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, Westbrook. We had Coach Matlock on last week, and they take care of the Longhorns from Bront 50 to nothing. Number six, Sterling City. Coach Cisco takes out the Robert Lee Steers 56 to nothing. And then that gets us to a matchup between number seven and number eight. Garden City and Rankin, and what a ball game they had. Rankin comes out on top 82-58, to 58, and it was just a really good game. But, Bobby, w- w- you give me your thoughts on the game, but then I'm going to give you some stats that are just going to blow your mind. Oh, I knew that game would be good. Uh, I think that there were a few adjustments by Garden City at halftime where they came out and played a little better the second half. But um, an interesting thing about this is, did you know that Rankin and Garden City play for a WWE-type belt hmm. every year? And whoever wins gets to take it home. Obviously, Rankin got it to get back again this year, and I'll have some pictures back up on the Back Roads podcast website. It's quite something. You should see it. Uh, that will be interesting to see. Well, I can tell you who should be wearing it for ranking. Some kid named Braxton Kirkland. 22 carries, four, not three, not two, 448 yards rushing, nine touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. That, that's half a year stats for some kids. Blake Wise, 6'8", through the air and 75 yards. Our man David Bunger, uh, 70 yards receiving and a touchdown. And Caleb Aguero, 10.5 tackles and an INT for the Red Devils. And for the Bearcats, uh, Logan Seidenberger had a good game. 13-28, 201 with three touchdowns. Sebastian Balcazar, 71 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And Mason Walker, eight receptions, 119 yards and two touchdowns receiving. But, well, what a game between two really stout top ten teams, Rankin and Garden City. And uh, Braxton Kirkland of the Red Devils, just too much there for the Bearcats. Uh, up in Region 1, District 2, Spring Lake Earth takes care of Crest 60-14. to We were kind of wondering how this game was going to play out, uh, especially the way Crest had played Nazareth and Earth had played uh, Nazareth itself. But in the end, Spring Lake Earth takes care of business. Evan DeLeon, 4 of 6, 156 yards passing and two touchdowns. Derek Rosales, 139 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And Trace Goodman, who we'll actually talk about his sister in just a little bit, 52 yards receiving and two touchdowns. So uh, the rest of uh, the top 10 was uh, had the bye week there uh, for week 11. So we'll move down to Division 2 and uh, the game of the night in Division 2. Well, there were several games in Division 2. We'll start with the number one ranked Motley County Matadors taking on the fourth ranked Jayton Jaybirds. Uh, hard to believe any game is bigger than Strawn and Gordon. And maybe the game isn't, but when you look at the rankings, this one is. Motley County defeats Jayton 82-36 to in a game that was pretty close for a while. And then the Matadors just slammed the door. Yeah, that, that kind of happened. It was very surprising. I was at the, the Spur Paducah track meet. <laughs> exactly. 
track meet. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> and I kept looking and watching the score. And by halftime, it was all tied up at 36. And I just couldn't imagine what was happening. And um, I, yeah, they, Jaden really stuck with them. Uh, I really don't know what happened in the second half, but um, I'm pretty sure that Coach Bigham had to come to Jesus meeting with those boys. <laughs> He's pretty good at that. Uh, he is. So we talked about the other game, Strawn and Gordon, the rumble in the ju- in the jungle. Strawn wins this one 84-38. to 38. Yes. Um, from what I understand, there were what seemed like thousands of people there. <laughs> It was it was a great game. Um, again, in the first half, they pretty much stayed, you know, back and forth, and it was it was a good game. But um, Strong just kind of uh, got a little head of steam and took off from there. So Strong wins that hated uh, uh, matchup there with the Gordon Longhorns. Number three, Richland Springs, all over lawn, fifty-four to nothing. Jaden Bryant. One carry, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Zane Caps, uh, 53 yards passing with a touchdown. A pick six, a scoop and score, and a punt return for a touchdown. Why not? Why not do it all in one time? Uh, they held the Eagles to 17 yards total offense. Uh, number five, Follett, uh, continuing to show their dominance up here in Region 1. The Panthers take out Headley 54-6. to uh, Real quick shout-out, though, to Headley Owls. Eight wins on the season, most in school history and they didn't make the playoffs. That's hard to imagine, but uh, uh, still a shout-out to, to Coach Alston and the Owls there. The sixth-ranked Balmeray Bears over Sanderson, 52-6. to Number seven, Anton. Had a little bit of struggles with the last Buddy Longhorns, but they went at 68-48. to That's a game you were at. No, I wasn't at that game. I was supposed to be, but my, my real job kind of got in the way. Uh, but I did uh, the cool thing about Anton is they stream their games on YouTube. So I was watching it as I was working and um, yeah, that, I mean, I haven't watched last buddy this year, but they looked pretty good. I I was a little, I was impressed and um, Anton did have a little problem with them, but it looked like, I don't know that Anton was playing their starters at the beginning um, I may be so completely wrong about that, um, but yeah. Wow. So uh, Anton survives that one against Laz, buddy. Number eight, Whit Harrell all over Cotton Center, 72-25. to Shamadrick Weaver, 15 carries, 281 yards, and seven touchdowns. Hard to believe that still doesn't come close to Braxton Kirkland's numbers. Six of 11 through the air, 147 yards passing and two touchdowns. And the Elks led by Sterling Berry. He was 11 to 19 through the air for 135 yards and three touchdowns. And number 10, Groom, all over Will Dorado, 54 to 8. So that kind of wraps up the top 10 in both uh, Division One and Division Two. A few other games that we've got notes on. Van Horn over Marfa, 60-6. to uh, Jermaine Corrales, man, he's become a good ball player. 147 yards passing and three touchdowns. Uh, Cy Garcia, 74 yards on the ground. Two touchdowns there. And Bryce Verdell, a pick six. And uh, for the Shorthorns, Adrian Catano, 39 yards rushing, 46 yards receiving, and a touchdown. The Paducah Dragons and the Spur Bulldogs in a uh, one-on-one solo track meet in a game yes. that, yes, believe it or not, ended at half. I know, hard to believe. Spur. Oh, win- I have so much to say. Oh about my that goodness! Game. Spur wins it a hundred to fifty-four. You tell me about it before we talk about these crazy stats. Oh my gosh! Okay, so 
I'm taking pictures, covering the game, you know, tweeting, doing my normal stuff. And I look over at the clock and there's six minutes. There's like six minutes left in the first quarter. Well, I thought it was the second quarter because it had lasted so long and the score was already 40 to 16. I, and then I looked, I was like, wait a minute, that's a one. We're still in the first quarter. <laughs> and that game was so long. I, I, it, you know, Spur and Paducah are contenders for the state track title every year. Uh, the last few years they have been. And let me tell you, they put on a display of speed that I have not seen before. And I mean, one of those kids, either team gets half a step on somebody and it's 80 yards and it was it was like an 80 yard dash. It was it was crazy. I had a lot of fun at that game. Um, the cool thing about that game was when it was over, finally, two hours later. Yes, two hours to play two quarters. It was 100 to 54. And Paducah stayed out on the field and celebrated with Spur their district championship. Hmm. It was the coolest thing. They took pictures together. They, they stayed out there as long as Spur did with their fans and everything, because, you know, those kids are friends, right? And they compete very well in all sports, you know, because they've always been in the same district together. So these kids have grown up together. So they celebrated with Spur. It was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. We talk about the stats, Corey Hamilton, 246 yards rushing, five touchdowns. LeJean Walker, 148 yards rushing on four carries, three of those for touchdowns. And guess what? Another kickoff return for a touchdown. I think I'd kick it out of bounds and just let him take over on offense. I'd quit kicking him the ball. Uh, Every time I saw the ball going toward him, I'm like, what are you doing? Exactly. What are you doing? Exactly. Gunnar Bateman, four or five through the air, 72 yards and three touchdowns. And for the Dragons, Jimmy Rogers, 67 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Jack and Wright. Two receptions, 139 yards. That's almost impossible to do. Two touchdowns, uh, and then Cord Piper was 3 of 7 through the air for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the game I had on the Happy Sports Network, Cowboys take out Claude a 74 to nothing. Uh, the Cowboys held Claude to 14 yards total offense. Welcome back, Pace Bressler, who's been out since the second game of the season. T.S. Bow, Pace Bressler, Gus Fields each with two touchdowns. Camden Spree, two passing touchdowns. O'Donnell and Meta in a game that decided – Who's in and who's out? This game went back and forth all night long, and the Broncos pull it out 61-50. to 50. Yes, and I was actually very interested in that game, and I was texting with Coach Nichols, the AD at O'Donnell over there, and he was keeping me updated. And there toward the very end, I guess there was about a minute left, O'Donnell was driving to go back ahead, and they fumbled, and Meadow recovered the ball. Um, so – Pretty sad ending to O'Donnell's season right there, but that was a heck of a game. And even Coach Nichols said it was a lot of fun to watch. So in that ball game for the Broncos, Caleb Sanchez, 250 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Paul Franco, 110 yards rushing and a touchdown. He also had 52 yards receiving and two scores. And for the Screaming Eagles, last time I get to say that in football season, Juan Renteria, 25 carries, 157 yards and four touchdowns. 
Let's hope I don't mess this up. Eufemio Ortiz, 5 of 9 through the air, 81 yards and 3 touchdowns. Engage Garces, uh, 69 yards and 2 touchdowns. The Blanket Tigers continue to blanket the competition. They take out the Panther Creek Panthers, 45 to nothing. Braden Day, another 106 yards through on the ground and three touchdowns. Also had 10 tackles in this ballgame. Carlos Morales, 68 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and a pick six there for the Tigers. Roby and Rotan, the Yellowhammers and the Lions, and the Yellowhammers win it 61-38. to Grayson Jeffrey, 127 yards rushing, 61 yards passing. He also had three touchdowns and a pick six. Zach Flores, uh, 6 of 14 through the air for the 111 yards. Also had a scoop and score. And Jordan Daniel, five uh, receptions, 117 yards and a touchdown. For the Lions, Dylan Luhan, 118 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Cody Daniel, uh, 56 yards rushing, two touchdowns. And Gunnar Helm, 9 of 16 through the air, 88 yards and a score. So that's kind of a look at uh, week 11, top 10, both the Division One, Division Two, and some other games of interest. And so that takes us, Bobby, to the spot that I'm sure everybody's like, please hurry up, please hurry up, let's start talking about it. And that yes. is the playoffs. They are here, and oh my goodness, it, this is the fun part to me about six-man Class A versus Class 2A through Class 6A. You look at a lot of those games and you're like, Okay, well, why am I driving over here? Because I know who's going to win. It's not even funny. I know who's going to win. That's not always the case when you talk about six-man because it's just the top two teams that get in. And a lot of times, the top two teams in a district are as good as any other teams in the state. And, boy, it is on full display when we look at the pairings in the playoffs. So we're going to start in Region 1. We'll just go through these top four, and then I'll get your thoughts, Bobby. Uh, Valley and Nazareth doing battle Friday in Claude. Spur and Meta, another track meet going on Friday in Hermley. Spring Lake Earth and Happy, a rematch there going on in Anton Thursday night. And Borden County and Knox City and Jaden. If you look at all four of these games, they're pretty somewhat evenly matched there when you look at it. Oh, they really are. You know, and i got to say, it is go time. Uh, these and these these teams are definitely going to go against each other. Wow, um, I don't even know. Do you want to pick or? <laughs> do do this? No, let's not pick. Uh, that that just might make enemies. You you can give some thoughts. How about that? But <laughs> you and I can become enemies of the state very quickly if we pick a team. And uh... well, you know, I like to to throw down the gauntlet sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think that these are any way you look at it, guys. If you're out there listening, go to a playoff game. The atmosphere is fantastic. Everybody's loud. The The atmosphere is really electric. You know, get out there. It doesn't even matter what team you go see. If they're close, go go watch. It's just a lot of fun. And you really will be glad you did. Um, no, I'm not going to pick a team. Uh, but I will say that these matchups right here, Region 1, Division 1, uh, I I have no idea which way these are going to go. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say that. And I'm up here, and I, I'll be honest. I mean, I can tell you who I think is going to win each one of these games, but I could probably – either way. It, it could. A lot of these games are pretty evenly matched. And, uh, you know, one of the words I think that really describes six-man football this year to a point is parity. I mean, we've got a oh. lot of really good teams. I don't know if we've got a – just knock your socks off. I am the number one team and nobody can beat me team. Um, and so I, I think that's what's making the playoffs even funner this year. Uh, region two, 
So, how would you like to be Van Horn, and your opponent is Garden City, the runner-up out of District 6. They're going to play Thursday night in Rankin. But what about this game? Hermley and Sterling City, the undefeated Cardinals, taking on the defending state champions Thursday night in Colorado City. Oh, baby, what a game that will be. Also in this region, Rankin and Fort Davis. (laughs) And another big game, Westbrook and Ira. Wow. This is some amazing matchups there in Region 2. Yeah, uh, what you said about Van Horn, definitely. You know, there are a bunch of Warriors over there in Van Horn. They shouldn't be the Eagles. This year, they're the Warriors because, my gosh, have they battled and fought so hard. And I mean, at one point, for several games with just six players, and, you know, you look up and you make the playoffs, and, you know, it wasn't just a few years ago that Van Horn dropped down to six man. Wow. And so first rattle out of the box, you get the Bearcat. That's <laughs> that's going <laughs> to that's gonna be a good one. Ooh, that definitely will. And then Her- Hermley and Sterling City may be the mes- best matchup in Division One or Division Two first round. Uh, that should be just a barn burner. Yes, and actually, I kind of wanted to go to that game. Um, that's going to be a heck of a game. It will be. I, 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 yeah, I think I might just load up and go to Colorado City, although I was going to go to uh, the Happy Spring Lake Earth game. We'll see. We'll see how, how it plays out. I have a few days. <laughs> Region 3, we talked about with Coach Crawford. St. Joe and Leverage Chapel doing battle. Blum and Coolidge. Union Hill and Newcastle and Abbott and Avalon. And, you know, I think Abbott is a favorite coming out of this region. Um, He talked about it, Union Hill. You know, they might be down a little bit, but, uh, you know, Newcastle, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Uh, Blum, I think he's right. You can throw the records out. This is a different Bobcat team, so we'll see what they've got. And then as long as Logan Bronner lines up in the backfield for St. Joe, you can't count them out. No, never. Never. You You can't count St. Joe out. Um, but you're right. You know, uh, let's go back to Blum for just a minute because they had a lot of injuries and they were getting beat by some people early in the season. And, you know, we kind of, kind of talked about that. Uh, but like coach Crawford said, I think they're back and you, you can't ever, uh, count Cooper Thornhill out. No, I, I think you're right there. And then finally in region four, uh, in division one, May in Erion County, uh, that'll be a good game. Jonesboro and Lakey, Water Valley and Gorman, and Medina and Lamita. Wow, I know. May, Jonesboro, Water Valley, all Oof. three in Region 4. Woo! Woo! That, I think I think that's going to be really interesting here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, it definitely will be because, uh, you know, if you end up with that May-Jonesboro matchup, which you think you may, Wow, now that would be a game for you to to make a travel travel uh, plans for there, Bobby. Uh, well, you know I like to drive, so <laughs> you can just hop on your motorcycle and head that way. Ah, wait a minute! I live on the plains, and it is November. There will be no motorcycle riding at that <laughs> time. <laughs> All right, so let's flip over to Division Two. We'll start in Region One: Follett and Wildorado. Follett defeated Wildorado earlier in this season. Anton and Sands, Groom and Miami, and then uh, I think probably the best game in this uh, trio of four is Klondike and Whitherell, a rematch that uh, Whitherell won pretty easily earlier in the season. Yes, that was the big storm 
where we had all the lightning and the rain and they played in the mud in Whit Harrell. I was at that game. And so that's going to be a good rematch. Uh, last time they played, Whit Harrell jumped up and hit Klondike in the mouth real quick. And Klondike never fully recovered. So we'll see what happens this week when they match up again. It will be interesting. Region 2, Balmeray and Blackwell, Motley County and Rule, Lorraine and Sanderson, and then probably the best matchup in, in this region, Benjamin and Jayton. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see that game. Um, but I'm going to be heading over to Balmeray versus Blackwell in Rankin, so I got quite a drive there. Um, Molly County and Rural, uh, I gotta say, shout out to the Rural Bobcats. I mean, they, they were down so many people and they had a season canceled and then coach Kitley took over. And, um, I'm just really proud of those Bobcats for making the, the playoffs. They've been knocking on the door for several years and they finally did it. So congratulations to the Rural Bobcats. I'm with you there. Region three. So Throckmorton and Fannindale, Strawn and Morgan, Goldberg and Luters Avaca, and Cranfield's Gap and Gordon. There's a lot of hard names to stay in. There is. <laughs> that one. Well, and, and I love this matchup, Goldberg and Luters Avaca, because it's the matchup of the hyphenated. Who, who, oh, it is. It is. Right. So we'll, we'll see which team, uh, you know, which oh, hyphenated team Avoca. is better. Avoca. And the only reason I know that is because they're just down the road from Jaden. So gotcha. <laughs> if you call an hour away just down the road, which we normally do. So <laughs> how funny, how funny. And then finally in region four, Oakwood, Mount Calm, Blanket in Cherokee, Oglesby in Calvert and Richland Springs in Sydney. Oh yeah. Uh, there's another one of those, um, two of those, games in that region flipped home and home see to me that's just so interesting um you know oakwood gets to play at home and so does oglesby and then the other two get to pet play in the very nice facilities at zephyr oh my goodness so as you talked about that i so i came back from round rock on uh friday and drove by and, and i've been that way several times went through zephyr and i I don't guess I ever paid attention. What a nice facility they have there. They do. They really do. It's a great place uh, to play playoff games. And, uh, I mean, it's it's fairly good location right there, too, right outside of Brownwood. Yeah. No, it, it's funny. As you make that trip from the Austin area up into the Texas Panhandle, there's a stretch of, of road there. And I, I just felt like I was going through the six-man districts as we were going along because you either – Go through the town, or you see the sign that says it's 10 or 15 miles down the road. It, it was quite crazy there. Yes, they're, they're all that up there together. But, hey, folks, I will keep the playoff games updated on our website. If you go to 1afan.com to the football link, you will see all of the games for Division One and Two, And as they... And they're already in the scoreboard also on the website. So as we get scores in, those scores will update immediately to the website. Uh, if you're at a game and you want to put your scores into ScoreStream, it's a free app. And that's what we use. And it, as soon as you put the score in, it's going to appear on the website. It's kind of cool, really. We'll get those scores tweeted out 
I'll get this playoff spreadsheet updated. It'll probably be updated. I'm not going to lie by Friday night. Thursday night will definitely be updated with the Thursday because if you'll look at the spreadsheet, there's tons of Thursday games. Have you noticed that? I, I have noticed that. And, and you know, I don't know how I don't know that that necessarily has to do with referees as it is. Coaches get kind of funny, and, and maybe that's something we should talk about in a, in a later episode. But the battle for where are we going to play? Am I doing grass or am I doing turf? Who's going to be the officials? Who's home? Who's visitor? Which really in the playoffs, I don't know that it necessarily matters outside of depending, especially in six-man, some of the stadiums you go to, uh, we all know the home side is definitely much better than than the visiting side. Um, but it is amazing how much they go through to try and determine where they're going to play. Oh, yeah, are we going to do it on Thursday? Are we going to do it on Friday? Or as we get deeper in the playoffs, are we going to do it on a Saturday? Or, and you forget, if you have it on an eleven man field, are you gonna take your your you know goalposts with you and and set them up? I mean, you've got to think about all those things because as I'm looking through here, you know, we have several playing at eleven man fields, especially in Division One. I think there's, let's see, Throckmorton and Fannindale is gonna play in Springtown. Home of and the Porcupine. Prairie Land, Rio Vista, and then two of them are in Fredericksburg. Wow. Well, it, it should be interesting. And, uh, you know, like I say, we, we should talk about this sometime and some of the uh, uh, things that coaches go through to try and get an advantage. And uh, I think one of the fun ones this time of the year is no, I still want to play on grass. No, I want to play on turf. And that battle there, because some teams do, they, they don't play on turf very often and they don't want to play on it as long as they can avoid it. Uh, and then some, that's all they want to play on is turf. So uh, lots of yeah. things to go through there. A couple of news and notes real quick about uh, high school football. Uh, Coach Craig Steele over at May got his 100th career win with the win over Lingleville uh, to win that district championship. No surprise there, his 100th victory. Uh, just a really good coach there in Coach Steele. And then uh, you talked about Ann. They get a kid named Squirrel. Yeah, I need to make that my homework because I've asked Coach Hoover and I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it. But when I was watching Anton and Laz Buddy play on YouTube, um, the guy who was filming it was on the Anton sideline. And all I could hear was I could hear Coach Hoover yelling for Squirrel to go in and yelling, Squirrel, Squirrel. <laughs> and then then a kid <laughs> took off from the sideline so i can only assume that was squirrel uh, but then uh i later in the game i'd hear all the guys on the sideline chanting squirrel's name so i'm gonna <laughs> have to so coach hoover if you're listening i'm gonna reach out to you and talk to you about squirrel you're gonna have to tell us about that maybe i can bring it to you next week oh that that's that's fantastic well, let's uh, transition over to state cross country. That was ran Friday morning in Round Rock. A nice, cool morning that had a ton of rain, so the track was a bit wet. And uh, we'll start on the we'll start on the boys' side, uh, where there was a heck of a race between Guthrie and McMullen County. And Brandon Passman at Guthrie wins it in a fifteen to thirty two ninety nine. The boys' team winner there was Miller Grove. But let me tell you something: that was a battle. Till the end before Brandon Passman, the uh, University of Alabama signee, kicked it in and won by almost eight seconds. I know. And we were, <laughs> uh, you know, 
being from up here, you and I, we've watched Brandon a lot and we know how, how good of a runner he is. And when you were sending me pictures, cause you were actually there in round rock. I appreciate that by the way, <laughs> you said, you know, Brandon is behind Isaiah Billingsley who, who ended up getting uh, a silver medal with a time of 1541.39, which is nothing to sneeze at. Actually, Isaiah still holds the state record. I believe from his freshman year, he ran a 1522. Wow. Um, but Brandon was stalking his prey. He just kind of sat back behind Isaiah and, and passed him at the end, I believe. But he finally, you know, he won that race by a good eight seconds. Now let's talk about Miss Tatum Goodman. Holy cow. That 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 is just a, a sight to behold. It really, really is. Tatum Goodman, uh, this sophomore from Spring Lake Earth, breaks eleven seconds. So she was run it was a five and a half a five and a half minute mile. Can you imagine five and a half minutes to, to go that fast? No, I'm going to have to agree with your statement from last week that we would have to, I don't think I could beat her on a bicycle. I, I'm with you. She, uh, you know, you sent me a picture of her and she was just running out there all by herself. I was like, where's, where's everybody else? Um, but she is just that good. And she set the record last year with an 1118 and she beat her state record from last year by 19 seconds with a 10.59.36. Well, and, and just so folks know, 5A, 6A, they run a true uh, 5K in the girls, but 1A through 4A runs just the two-mile. The winner in 4A, a young lady from Melissa, ran it in 11.07. So Goodman beat her by eight seconds and had nobody pushing her. You just wonder, what does she run if somebody's running right along with her, just like uh, Isaiah and Brandon were in the boys? I know both of those young men were pushing themselves. I, I told you multiple times as they passed me, it was just, it was amazing. They were flying. I can't imagine what she would run if somebody was actually pushing her. I, I have wondered the same myself, especially after you sent that picture where she's just out there running by herself. I mean, that takes extreme self-discipline. And as a sophomore, I'm here to tell you um, that is extremely impressive. It, it is impressive. And uh, Region 1 was impressive at the cross country. They uh, wrapped up all three spots. Of course, Goodman winning it. Scout Braley from Crosbyton getting second. And Daly Chisholm from Jayton getting a third. And the girls' team winner was Buena Vista. Yeah, I'm really proud of those Buena Vista girls. I think they set a goal at the beginning of the season. And they reached that goal. They they won the team championship. So shout out to Buena Vista. So that's awesome. On the boys' that. side, it was Miller Grove, which is not surprising. No. Miller Grove is always up there, always I, in, in first. I, so. I had to laugh because uh, I felt like as I was on the track during the boys' competition, because we had two kids from Happy there, Gus Fields, Lynn, and Flowers, that there, there had to be more coaches there for Miller Grove for cross country state than on a normal sideline in football in a playoff game. <laughs> they were everywhere. Well, I think it's Miller Grove. I I believe it's Miller Grove. There's one uh one A six man team. I'm pretty sure it's Miller Grove, but I may be wrong. I'm sure everyone will tell me if I am, which is fine. 
but they take off in August and they go run in the mountains of New Mexico for about a week to train, which is incredible. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, you know, high altitude, um, all that factors in, but Miller Grove is, is right on track every single season. You'll see them right up there at the beginning, at the front of the pack. Yeah. And they were impressive because they knew where every kid stood. They knew their exact, uh, ex- spot you know yelling at them hey you're behind uh you know you need to catch somebody so it's very competitive for them that that to me was really really cool to watch there uh also last week earlier in the week you had the state marching contest in san antonio and the winner this year is menard a team that's going to come join us in six-man football next year Yes, the Menard Yellow Jackets. Shout out to them. Great job. I kind of watched that on the NFHS channel a little bit. And so that was really good. Uh, Whiteface got second. Erion County third. Booker got fourth. Crosbyton fifth. Happy sixth. And Cross Plains seventh. That is the highest finish, I think, uh, uh, ever for the Happy Band there, finishing sixth. So uh, congratulations to them. That's my little plug for my own little hometown team there. Well, you know, we all have it. (laughs) (laughs) Got got to do that. So uh, next thing I want to talk about is Gabby Cerna, the senior at Hubbard. And I'll let you tell us about her. Yes, I received an email. Thank you so much for writing in. We love to tell stories like this. Um, We want to give a shout out to Gabby Cerna. She is the school winner for the Heisman High School Scholarship, and she will move on to the state level uh, competition of the scholarship, which is extremely cool. Um, If she wins at the state level, she will receive a $1,000 scholarship. But what the Heisman High School Scholarship is, it's presented by Acceptance Insurance, and it extends the Heisman prestige to our nation's most esteemed male and female high school seniors by recognizing and rewarding outstanding scholar athletes who understand that the most important victories not only happen on the field, but in their schools and communities. So way to go, Gabby. Uh, good luck at the state level. We hope you get that scholarship. No, good Good luck to Gabby. That would be fantastic to see her win that scholarship there and uh, get that $1,000. Next thing, hard to believe. It, it feels like it's been forever since we had our last podcast, but that was actually Halloween night, and you got a great picture out of Sterling City about a Halloween dress-up setup uh, resembling Friday Night Lights, and somebody I know showed up there. Yes. Oh, it was the best thing. I have to give a huge shout out to Braden Pitcock from Sterling City. Um, The Helms family Halloween, they did a theme of Friday Night Lights, and they told us that no Friday Night Lights would be complete without Texas 1A fan. And so Braden made himself a Texas 1A fan shirt. And he grabbed himself a camera and we have pictures of the entire Friday Night Lights theme dress up. They even have a scoreboard. They've got a baby that's a football. They've got the concession stand. They got the whole kit caboodle. So we got those pictures out on Backroads podcast webpage. Go look at them. You can see Braden uh, with his 
Texas 1A fan shirt and his big old camera. So I thought that was just great. I I didn't even, I don't know how they even thought about that. <laughs> um, it's it's very impressive, very impressive. That just means you show up to a lot of games, Bobby. Oh, uh, well, yes, we do. We love that. You know, that's what we do. I mean, that's our fun time. I don't know if you all know this, but that is our fun time that we just absolutely love. That's our passion. Yes, definitely. So before we get out of here, Lehman Six Man 101, and believe it or not, we actually don't have anything for you this week for Lehman Six Man 101. What we're looking for, especially with the playoffs kicking off on Thursday night, are things to make Lehman tweet. And he can tweet about a lot of things. Some things are pretty obvious. Some things are a little obscure, but he doesn't let anything get past him. Oh, no, never. Lehman? No. Nothing gets past Lehman. Yes, so here we are. All you uh, 1A fans out there, we are issuing a challenge. Let's see if we can make Lehman tweet. And hopefully I can keep up with all of them because I just know that y'all are going to be successful. And we'll talk about Lehman's tweets next week. We will, and 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 I'll I'll give I'll give our listeners a little heads up. If you really want to get him tweeting, talk to him about Shoeless Joe Jackson and, and your thoughts on the nineteen nineteen White Sox scandal. That is something that'll get Lehman tweeting out there for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, if he if he had a PhD, he would do his dissertation on that. Uh, the ban is wild about nineteen nineteen and and that whole scandal. Um, we've talked about it a lot. I've edited a lot of pictures for him and I mean, it's one of his passions. So, so definitely go ahead and, and mention that if you want to, and you'll get <laughs> Lehman to tweet. So there's you a hint. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, Bobby, that's going to wrap it up for us here on the Backroads podcast. This is week 11. I want to thank coach Terry Crawford uh, of the Abbott Panthers for joining us today. By district action coming up this week, Thursday and Friday. Go check out the uh, 1AFan.com website. You can see all the scores up there. You can see where all the broadcasts are going on. So much going on in Class 1A. And believe it or not, high school basketball started this week. But I'm going to keep that quiet. So until oh, next I time. <laughs> I had to scroll through all that to get to the volleyball playoff and who won and games and stuff. So uh, I'm just not, I hate to say this, but I'm just not quite ready for basketball yet. I'm still recovering from cross country band. We're in the middle of volleyball and football, but you know what? Basketball will be with you soon. I promise. It will be. And as a broadcaster who has to sit in the stand sometimes, I'm to a point might be looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> So until next time, I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Remember, go forward and do good. (laughs) 